Well, listen, you know, we want to be relevant, real, and we also want to make sure we give resources of what we talk about. And so today we're talking about like a taboo word, like this issue right here is silent. People are not talking about it, but on the pastor's round table, because we want to be real and relevant, we're bringing it out to you today. So today we're talking about the silence of infertility and miscarriage. Mm -hmm. um, people are struggling with this and silent and we want to just bring it out here in the open we have a platform we're going to talk about it so that we might be able to give support and and love to individuals that are going uh through this uh, event so that's what we're talking about today wow awesome awesome listen i am just so excited as you are because our guests uh you know they they are doing a tremendous ministry uh, to this populace within our churches. And so I am so excited to have, uh, you know one of our guests better than I do. So I am gonna share the guests that I know and I'm gonna have you introduce the guests that you uh, know. And I am so excited to have with us um, Sister Gianna Snell. She uh, has this ministry called They That Wait. And her story is so powerful. When I first heard her story, uh, brought me to tears and uh, it gave me a new insight into uh, who she was. Uh, she is a consummate uh, photographer. Um, uh, uh, she's called around the country to take pictures. Uh, she's right here in Huntsville. And uh, folks come all around to uh, to have her wow. take their picture through. So we're just excited to have her with us. Along with her is who, Dr. Henry? Listen, we have Dr. Stewart with us today. Let me tell you something. Dr. Stewart is an author. She'll probably talk about that book later on, so I'm not going to take the thunder from her. She is a dean, I believe, of academics. She is our children's ministry leader here at the church. She is a speaker. Listen, this morning, I had to, I had to be on the line, you know, because when my members are speaking and doing something, I got to be supportive, right? And so I was on the line this morning. She was on a Zoom assignment preaching to many people. I think the church was in Bahamas and she did a fabulous job. Like she could throw down, like this is a preacher. So <laughs> Dr. Stewart is here with us today. Powerful story. She had a powerful story today and she has a powerful story that's, gonna, that's contained this book. And so we're just so pleased to have her on today. You know, she she is affectionately called Taz. So in the church, we just call her Taz. But this is Dr. Stewart. She is a heavy hitter today. Well, let's bring them on. Let's bring them on. Let's bring them on. There are they are. There they are. Welcome, welcome to Pastors Roundtable. We're just so excited to have each and every one of you. And we're looking forward. I, matter of fact, I got my tissues ready because uh, the story, when I hear that story, <laughs> I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're just looking forward to it. And so, um, Dr. Stewart, why don't you share with us, you have uh, the time to introduce yourself. We didn't give everybody your, your resume, but uh, we want you to share with us in your own way. Good, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, well, I think Dr. Henry shared a little bit already. I am... <laughs> Dr. Taz, Dr. Stewart, most folks just call me Taz. Um, and I'm just an island girl by way of Nassau, Bahamas. Oh. Um, I reside here in, yes, I reside here in central uh, Florida. I see some of my friends there from the Bahamas. <laughs> I'm sending the Bahamas flags in the chat. I see you guys. Um, but yes, I live here in the central Florida area. I studied in um, 
Washington, D.C. area, Columbia Union College, now Washington Bennett University. That's where I went to school. And so I was in the Maryland, D.C. Uh, area for several years. I now, in my profession, my day-to-day -day life, I do serve as a university dean of online academics. And I do work along with Dr. Henry and others at the Altamont Springs Church as the children's ministry leader. So um, definitely wear a lot of hats, but my passion um, definitely comes in sharing with others, encouraging and inspiring others, especially women and couples who are struggling with infertility and loss. And so today mm. I am very excited to be a part of the conversation. Awesome. Awesome. I have to yeah. I have to say, uh, couple, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago, you preached on Zoom for um, Patmos Chapel. And I looked at that. Zoom, Patmos I Chapel. Thought, oh, OK. <laughs> I was you talked about peace. And uh, I, yes, I was peace. very impressed yes. with that one. So we, we appreciate you being here with us. There's my girl, Sister Deanna Snell. <laughs> I am so excited to just just walk in your presence uh, because you are a consummate communicator. Um, your dad is the dean of communications, uh, and I have a privilege <laughs> of sitting at his feet. But just to know that you're right there and you you do your thing with uh, with the communication side. But I am excited about this ministry. But share with us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am, like you said, living here in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm a photographer, a studio owner for the past three years. I've been a photographer for 15 years. I am a mom to three miracle children, Jaden, Brooke, and Brayden. I'm married to my love of my life and my best friend, Debbie Snell, who is the pastor, senior pastor of Oakwood University Church and speaker director of Breath of Life. So I'm also working alongside him at Breath of Life as the communications director. And so just got a lot on my hands. I'm homeschooling our, our three miracles. Um, running my business, doing all the things, but God is faithful. And I am truly passionate about helping women and couples, but I specifically work with women in this ministry to help them wait well, because um, after my four you know, carriages, I just you know, it was one thing to be praying for a baby, but I, I nearly lost my, my faith just waiting mm -hmm. on God, you know, mm -hmm. waiting. So I am passionate about helping women and couples and anyone who's waiting on God to wait well, wait with hope, mm -hmm. wait with joy. Nice. So that's what they that wait ministries is about. Awesome, awesome. Wow, listen, wow. we got to get into this, Dr. Wow. Henry. <laughs> Dr. Henry, give us a word yes, of prayer. Sir. So we we got to get in. This right. is great. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, Lord, um, thank you so much for our guest today. I ask God that we will um, have a great discussion. So again, that we can give uh, support and, 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 and just do um, what you want us to do, Lord, so that um, everyone can, can feel supported by the family of God. I pray, Lord, that um, we will uh, be able not only, Lord, to give support, but I pray, Lord, that the viewers that are watching, um, that they will also be touched by this uh, discussion today and that we will have um, just a, a good time understanding what's happening. And then we will be able, Lord, to know that you are with the people of God as we go through the seasons of life together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Ladies, uh, viewers, ah, wow. Listen, when we, when we talk about this subject, 
Um, it's it's it it is something that happens to people. It is something that it, it's a it's a disease. I don't know if it's a disease or if it's a, you know. Share with us the 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 definition of infertility, uh, Doctor Stewart. Why don't you you lead us off with that uh, question right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pastor Wade. Um, so I'll first by saying how I define it for myself. And that is, I define it as my personal biggest secret that I've had in my life. And um, that involved me having challenges in getting pregnant and then Mm -hmm. subsequently also losing my babies that I was able to eventually have in a pregnancy, but I did not survive. And... um, so I see it as I see it as an area where women just they are and it, and and please for, um, pardon me this is an area for me where I'm trying to get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. because of how difficult it is mm. and um, it's only just this year that I've been able to actually use the word infertility even though I know it was something that I struggled with to have my children. So infertility, it's a painful area. It's one of isolation for many individuals that walk it. It was an isolation for me. It's an area where we struggle with faith. It's an area where it is very secretive. And it's something that for myself, I was even embarrassed about and shameful in sharing. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. a very, very, very difficult Diagnosis. It, it, it is. Let me start by saying this: it, it is a medical condition. Okay, okay. it is okay. something that's diagnosed. There is a medical code for it um, that can be coded, and so when folks think, you know, oh, it's people who may have a defect. I've heard that term a lot before. I've heard it's um, something that uh, some people are cursed. It's not that. It's a medical condition. That's all it is. Okay. And nothing wow. that I've come to learn over time that I should be ashamed of. So, so, I, I know we're going to hit a little bit about it down the road, but you know, I want to I want to quickly just out of the the block. We say infertility, infertility, but but you have folks who will go up, they'll testify they have cancer or they have uh, another type of disease. But you re- rarely do you hear someone say, I have, in, I am, I'm suffering from infertility. Um, is it something that only affects women or does it affect men and women? I, I mean, I, I would say that it does um, because men and women can be contributing to the challenges of actually having a child in a family. It's something that, like you said, is not talked about. It's not something that, you know, you know, I've seen some women, you know, say that at a table, but you rarely hear a man, you know, get up and say, hey, you know, I'm contributing or I'm, I'm having trouble with infertility. So I, I do agree with you that it's something that's not talked about, but that's why these conversations are so good. And I'm appreciative that you all brought this this struggle to this round table so that we can talk about it more so that we can normalize it so that we can, you know, let people know that you're not suffering alone. I've had several mm-hmm. husbands 
from our ministry, the, the husbands of the women in our ministry who have come on our platform, They That Wait Ministries, and have shared, you know, their stories, wow. their, their medical diagnosis. And I was so proud of them for sharing that on a public forum mm-hmm. saying, hey, I, you know, I had low sperm count or, you know, this is what my diagnosis was. And that we need more of that so that men and women and couples don't have to face this alone and know that this is a real thing and that we need to talk about it more. Wow. Wow. That, that's that's powerful. And, um, and it's also uh, good to know that the men also are speaking about this issue. Right. Because um, it encourages uh, others that are going through this, this health issue. We really, I, I guess we call it a health issue, not necessarily a disease. Am I right? Okay. I, I just want to make sure. It's a health issue. It's a health issue. Right. So so when more men come and they talk about it, it encourages other men, because usually men are really silent, I think, when it comes to this issue as well. But I want to ask this question. Now, we know that there are, I mean, we know there are visible signs, right, and, and symptoms and of this health issue. But, but can you elaborate a little bit on the, um, maybe the emotional signs um, uh, when people are, you know, going through this, couples are going through this? So can you just elaborate on that maybe? Um, and again, we're talking about infertility or, or miscarriage. Um, Gianna, can you maybe share a little bit on on that sure so i mean obviously one sign that is obvious to most of us is like you know a couple has been married a while you know and you know five years goes by 10 years that doesn't mean that they're experiencing that but i think we need to be sensitive to asking couples about you know what's going on when are y'all going to have a baby you know those type of questions can be really difficult to navigate when you're dealing with infertility or pregnancy loss. But um, I just think emotionally, just, you know, just feeling emotional, (laughs) just feeling overwhelmed, feeling like you may not Mm -hmm. want to attend the baby Mm -hmm. shower, may not want to hold the new baby that, you know, uh, a family member has brought around. There's so many different things that are triggering when you're going through that walk. And so there's a lot of emotions at stake that can hit each, you know, each part of the, the marriage or each part of the family. Um, and then there are physical things that we just have to get looked at. You know, I think we need to be more vocal about okay. what's going on, what we're feeling. Um, you know, if we've been trying for a while and things aren't happening, let's go see a doctor. Let's go talk about this um, with someone. And I think that's important for us to do. So there's so many things and everyone handles it differently. So it's hard to okay. kind of paint a broad brush over it. But mm-hmm. I just think whenever there is not you're not seeing the family growing, I think we just have to tiptoe around that and not ask people or pressure them into why they're not having kids when are y'all going to have a baby? What's taking so long? You know, those type of things are, are tough. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's Stuart. Anything you can add? Yeah. If I, if I can chime on that, you know, the comments that individual make, um, we do need to increase the awareness of people being sensitive to those, especially within the church. Um, I'll speak to a comment that was made outside of the church. That was pretty blank. Um, and it was, is your husband shooting blanks? 
I mean, I'm from the Bahamas and, you know, they, you know, a lot of people, they just, you know, think it's casual conversation to just, you know, make comments like that, not even realizing that we were going through the challenge of Mm. having kids. And um, it had nothing to do with my husband. It had nothing to do with anything that I, you know, contributed to. But I had a surgery very early on in our marriage that resulted in scar tissue. And I speak to that in my book. And I didn't know I was in my 20s, you know. Um, I had no idea. So, you know, as you spoke to um, Axe about, you know, what are some of the other, I think, signs that you can have. There are, I've learned more recently since writing my book, that there are so many contributing factors to infertility that women are only women and couples are only now just learning about um polycystic ovarian syndrome is another one Mm. scar tissue was for me um and there are so many others i just learned last week of a minister um who told me she was going into early menopause you know so it comes in so many different forms and again nothing that has to do with an individual personally contributing or, you know, doing something, some kind of harm that resulted in them having these challenges. There is the other one with blood cutting disorders, you know, that also um, lends itself to challenges in conceiving. So, 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 yeah, so, 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 that there's so many things on the table. I mean, uh, yeah. I know each of each of you, I'm sorry, go ahead. You're going to say Gianna? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I agree with that. And for me, it was a blood clotting issue. Um, and what's hard about it is a lot of times you don't know that you have infertility until you start trying to conceive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it's one thing, I, you know, you hear people say, you know, I was told from a young age, I would have trouble having children, but for many couples, they don't know. They're just following the next steps. You know, Hey, it's getting quiet around here. It's time to have some babies. And you just think it's going to mm-hmm. happen normally. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. what it was for us. Like, okay, you know, you've gotten married, you've done this, you, and you just think you're going to get pregnant right away. And it doesn't always happen that way. And you don't find out until several rounds of failure or several rounds of delays where you're like, okay, something's going on. And they have to dig further into it. And for me, um, for losing babies, you know, this is not like an experiment. This is a whole life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I get to the bottom, as soon as possible like we don't want to keep experimenting and just hoping for the best we want to get to the bottom of this so that each life you know has a, a fighting chance so i was happy that they were able to finally get to the bottom of what was going on with me you know? so 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 wow, ladies wow. you 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 share that there is a, a wide range of reasons um, for infertility, for for issues uh, when it comes to pregnancies, both in men and women, um, how what would you say to uh, folks who are listening, who will listen? How would you? What are some of the things you can share with them in terms of helping them to get on the path to learn about their situation? So I'd say first, get away from the idea that you did something wrong, that mm-hmm. you made a mistake of some form, release the shame, mm. extinguish the mm. burden of carrying it, believing that it's something to you. So start there first and do find a doctor, go okay. to the doctor. 
I know for men that be like, well, we got to go to the doctor for You know, let's just keep going at it, right? Um, it's going to happen. But like Gianna said, it's something that actually sneaks up on you and it catches couples by surprise. I mean, we were mm. caught off guard. Like, what? Why? why what's going on? You know, um, we're young. Why, why isn't it happening? So do first release the shame and to find a doctor and a good doctor too um, that will support mm. you on your journey to becoming parents. Mm. Wow. Wow. I, you know, I was just going to chime in here. I know, um, Sister, Sister Snell, you were, you were talking a little bit about uh, your experience um, as far as um, emotional. I mean, I, you know, just from you mentioning uh, a little bit what you went through, and I know um, Taz went through, um, you know, something too. Emotionally, how was it going through through that emotionally? Because I, I could just, I could only imagine, you know, um, you know how difficult that that experience was for you. Can you share a little bit more about that? Because I'm sure, I'm sure, people here on the line, you know, they they want to know and they want to, you know, some people are are going through, you know, what you had gone through. Yeah. So that was the toughest part. Um, just the, the emotions start immediately. Let's just start there. As soon as a woman finds out she's pregnant, you know, there are emotions, you know, Mm. and for me and for so many people who have looked forward to this milestone, because as little girls, you know, we, we played that Mm. game mash, plan out your life. Right. And you plan out, I'm going to have this many children. I'm going to get married at this age. So like, you're checking off boxes. I graduated, I'm married, you know, we traveled. Now it's time to have children. And so the, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was walking different. I was eating different. I was trying to find ways to bring it up to strangers because I was just excited. <laughs> My husband was excited. He went out and got maternity clothes. As soon as I told him I was pregnant, he went to the store and bought a bunch of maternity clothes and had me try them on. We called our family, we called our friends, like it was just exciting because this was the first grandchild on both sides. So you're just feeling that automatic connection, at least I was. And so when I began experiencing the symptoms of a miscarriage and I'm realizing Mm. that I cannot control this, I can't stop this, there's nothing I can do but experience this. And just to let everyone know, like miscarriage, if it happens naturally, meaning, you know, the baby just, you know, passes away and you pass the baby, you're literally experiencing some of the symptoms of delivery. Like you're, I was having contractions, you know, all the mm. things, you're not experiencing the joy that comes after that. Mm. And so my emotions were just all over the place. I was crying. I was just angry. I was upset. I was disappointed for it to happen four times and experiencing wow. that appointment of, you know, I'm up, I'm up here and then I'm down here. I'm up here and then I'm down here. And of course, adding the spiritual layer, my husband's praying over my womb every morning. Every time we get pregnant, we're like, let's cover this in more prayer. Like, let's claim the yeah. promises. So we're, he's coming and laying hands on me every morning. Like, Lord, we are praying and claiming your healing this baby's going to make it. And it wasn't. And so after that third loss, I just, 
kind of said, God, I'm, <laughs> these promises I've been claiming, these prayers I've been praying, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I had to just kind of close the Bible for a little while and just kind of take a moment because I just didn't understand why God kept allowing it to happen. And it took me down mm-hmm. a spiritual where I walked away from God and started questioning his love for me. But I'm so thankful God pursued mm-hmm. me and let me know. Yeah. I remember uh, a mom who had lost her daughter. She called me one day and she said, God is big enough to handle all of your emotions. Mm-hmm. So whatever wow. you're feeling, you need to take it to him. Stop running from him. Stop hiding from him. Stop trying to act like you're blessed and highly favored and it's all good. Give him your anger. Give him your mm. envy. Let him know where you are because he already knows, right? He knows mm-hmm. we're bad. Mm-hmm. He knows we're disappointed. Yeah. He knows that I'm I'm upset that my friend just got pregnant. So what better way to be vulnerable to God to say, God, I'm struggling today, but God, I'm here. Can you help me work mm. this? And once I learned how to bring my emotions to God, mm-hmm. as ugly as they were, that mm-hmm. set me free and my vulnerability with God built intimacy. Because when somebody sees you at their worst, at your worst, and they still love you and they still listen come to on. you, they still yes, want you to come on. Then you you start loving that person back. So God literally loved me back to him and said, Bring me everything. I can handle it. I'm big enough for all your emotions. And he just loved me back to him. And it was just I, I, I can never turn my back on him now. And I said, God, it's not about a baby anymore. Mm. This is about Come on. you. This is me and you. Like the enemy was trying to snatch my salvation, snatch my faith, mm-hmm. snatch my joy. And God said, no, not mm-hmm. today. Not today. Mm-hmm. But I praise God that not only did he restore my babies, he restored mm-hmm. my joy and my salvation and my walk with him. And if I had to go through that yes. to discover true intimacy with God, I would go through it all over again because wow. now wow. me and God are like this, you know, and it was worth <laughs> every time because now I know him and he knows mm. me. Wow. And he loves me. So I, I'm thankful. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. Wow. That that's that's some powerful Amen. stuff, Pastor Wade. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I know yeah. that I know that yeah, um Taz uh you got a story as well, and and just the, the ability to yeah. to connect with folks uh-huh. through your stories. I mean, what what I learned from Sister Snell is, uh, you know, to collaborate, to talk. When that lady called you up, who lost her daughter, and was able mm-hmm. to encourage you, right? And and yes. and that lady has to wait, right? She got to wait to see her daughter again, you know. After, and, and of course, you're going to be, you know, seeing your your children again too as well as as when we get to glory but but for her to just share that with you that's amazing taz can you talk a little bit about your story and i know we have some other questions here but this this resonates i think with a lot of people who are going through what you all have gone through yeah 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 so for um me you know Again, me and my husband, we were trying and we were caught off guard. And after years of trying and we finally went to see a fertility doctor and we got treatment, we finally, after years of trying, got pregnant. Mm. And we were so excited. We had a boy 
and a baby girl. And mm. I, I can't begin to tell you the amount of excitement we had. I remember the first time I shared with my grandmother that she was going to be a great grandmother to my kids. And mm -hmm. it was at my cousin's wedding, you know, and I was, nobody had known. And I was there, you know, standing in the bridal party, holding my tummy, you know, rubbing it while the songs were playing and just so excited. And I told my grandmother after the wedding, it felt like the icing on the cake at the end of a family event. And for me, it was like, this is my first time at a, a celebration and I'm pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward, I went to a business, I was on a business trip. I was on a business trip um, and I went into a spontaneous, you know, placental abruption. Um, I thought that they were still going to be okay. I was staying in the hospital for a little bit, but I eventually went into full labor and it was too early. Mm. It was too early. And, you know, when Gianna mentioned how, you know, you say, God, like the promises, right? We've been claiming, we've been praying. And he actually, for me, I thought he had delivered. <laughs> he had delivered. I mean, here it was, I was finally expecting with, you know, my baby girl and my baby boy, my husband and I, we said we were done. The family was complete. We're finally there. You know, we were celebrating and then it was all gone. Somehow I was able to make it through that. Um, but I believe that, and that wasn't my only loss. So, you know, walking away from God, I, I, I was like, I, I reached a point where I felt like I was done. I, I was done. It was like, you forgot me, God. Like, mm. I'm your girl here. I go to church. I don't go partying. I don't go partying. I try to live you know, what I consider a decent life, Lord. And you forgot me. Wow. Wow. You forgot mm. me. It was a very dark space for me. And I can tell you this, if you're going through something like that, Find yourself amongst some believers. Find yourself mm. amongst people who are praying and believe in the power mm -hmm. of God. Because I truly believe it was because of individuals standing in the gap for me, mm -hmm. I was able to be pulled out of that space. Mm -hmm. I had a community of loved ones and a church family who stood in the gap for me. And that's so important. That's so important. And, um, you know, like Gianna shared, God, <laughs> oh, how he wrapped his arms of love around me and said, baby girl, I'm still here. You mm -hmm. are not forgotten. I mean, and literally, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but he, it was as if he verbally told me with his own words to my ears, Mm. I have not forgotten you. Mm. I have not forgotten you. Your life is written on the palms of my hand. Mm -hmm. And it's only after some time of him pulling me out that I was able to see exactly what he was doing and the purpose of the experiences that I went through, which ultimately brings the glory back to him and him alone. Mm. Well, guys, I, I'm sitting here in, in in awe because as a pastor, when you're mm -hmm. 
you know, you, you're busy doing the sermons, you're busy keeping the church going, and you know, you think you're meeting the needs of your members, and to hear y'all suffer your, that you're suffered like this, it breaks my heart wow. because I would have been I'm oblivious to this kind of thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. why we have to have this kind of conversation. I just want to also, I, I said that because someone has asked the question, um, should we, uh, they asked the question here, should couples who might be planning to have kids uh, go and see a doctor or should uh, should uh, they, uh, they say a couple of times and see what happens? So in other words, should they wait and see what happens, you know, have these emotional things or should mm. they go straight right now and, and and see a doctor either one can and can jump in and ask uh, answer that question so anyway. miscarriage affects one in four women and so mm. it does not hurt anything because again a life is precious and if you can find out information before you have to go through loss or go through you know some disappointments with infertility I definitely recommend just going in, getting a checkup. And also just, you know, Taz mentioned earlier, get a good doctor, right? Um, mm, okay. I feel like mm-hmm. this, before you get pregnant is the time to, if you, if you have the luxury of being able to say, let's do some consultations, let's find a faith based doctor or a doctor that is um, in tune with the needs of our community or of our, um, you know, our background, Mm -hmm. because I've been through a lot of doctors. They were not all good. And I had to go through Mm. some pain things to find out how important it was to find a good doctor. And so I feel like it's definitely beneficial if you have that time now to just go ahead and get everything checked out, find a doctor, someone you're comfortable with, because this is a this is this is a journey. Um, so yeah, find a good doctor that you know you can trust. Mm, I like that. You know, I see some I see some uh, questions coming in the chat. I see Pastor Paul's question passed away. Um, yeah, very good question. There we go. Some people feel that infertility is God's judgment on them for their past sexual sins. Some are told by church people, this is God's punishment for people who have abortions. How should we address those postures? No, the church people will come up with all kinds of stuff, right? They don't even know your past, right? They don't know what's happening, but they'll come up with these things. How do we address this? How do we address the church when they're getting all into our business? Uh, task? I don't know if you could chime in on that. So I like to come from the perspective that the God I know and the God I serve mm-hmm. is a God of love. And his love, his love is not judgmental. And once he forgives, that's the beauty of how he is. He, once he forgives, it's gotten. So if you have past sins, if you have past issues, God doesn't even remember those. So that mm-hmm. would not be something he would be holding against you when you are encountering these issues because he's a God of love. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my response to individuals who, you know, come at an individual and say, well, it's because of what you did. That's why, you know, your situation is like that. No, if they've given their life over to Christ and he's already forgiven their sins, that's already gone. Mm. It's not their issue. It's now yours. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. I love that. I love that. Any, any thoughts, Deanna? 
verse that comes to mind is there is therefore now no condemnation for them whose walk mm -hmm. is in Christ Jesus. You know, and I have heard that. And even women in our ministry have, mm -hmm. you know, expressed that lament that I feel like this is happening because of the abortion I had or because of the sexual sins. Um, and I just like Taz, that is not the God we serve. He is not a God who mm -hmm. seeks to punish us and do that type of thing. That's the enemy that is speaking that. So rebuke those lies and just remember that God loves you. He wants you to prosper and be in good health. He is promising you a hope and a future. So we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> All right, I Praise love it. God. I love it. I, you, you know, as you as you are sharing there, um, I, and I shared earlier that as a pastor, I felt I'm I'm feeling like wow, I I totally missed this chapter in how to be a pastor. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but I remember, you know, my wife and I when we first got married, we actually um, four years we, we we spent time together, and and I remember we were. We were trying to have a baby. You know, there were all these myths and comments as to what to do. One one time, uh, someone told her to after sex to get out of bed and and stand upside down. Uh, you know, put your feet up a little so that it can take root. There's so many wise tales out there um, that people are sharing. Uh, drink this bush tea. Wow. You know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But but what 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 has been the general disposition? of the church towards this subject matter um obviously it's been a silent I, you know but but because you're in it and you're seeing it what has been the general disposition of the church uh, uh, dealing with infertility miscarriage uh problems with pregnancy well, i'll tell you um from my perspective it's been a missed opportunity in our church mm. okay has not I mean I'll I mean I'll be the first to say my entire life I grew up in the church my mom with my mom and not once in the Bahamas and here in the US have I heard the word infertility used in a pulpit not once so um Pastor Henry do you mind me calling you out for a minute call me out <laughs> call me out <laughs> Just um, a week or two ago, my pastor laid down a sermon, okay, on hope. It was so moving. It was so heartwarming. Um, it was so, it just touched the soul. It really did. And as he was preaching, he went over so many social issues that individuals in the church face. And I was sitting there and I was like, come on now. Yes, Pastor, just, just say that word. Just say that word. And I'm sitting in view. And then I said, he's not going to say it. He's not going to say it. <laughs> and these are the missed opportunities from the pulpit that our individuals in the church need to hear. Mm -hmm. That they have ministers, that they have a community, that they have women's ministries, that they have family ministries that are there to talk about these issues that they are facing. It's here. It's with us. And we talk about finance issues. We talk about divorce. Mm -hmm. We talk about parenting. We talk about drug abuse, domestic abuse. But infertility and miscarriage and loss 
which is happening with women. They don't see an outlet. I didn't see a visible outlet for me mm -hmm. to have that conversation with somebody. And so in terms of the position of the church, it's not there. And I'm hoping that we're able to now open the door, open the communication, open the conversation to have it more so that individuals can feel comfortable coming into their place of worship, speaking with their minister about things that they're struggling without feeling, oh, this may be not the place for me to go because this is where we want them to come. Amen. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, as you said, the church has been silent and I think it's just been, you know, because we have been silent on some things as well. So it's just kind of like, you know, what do we do? But I think that one of the reasons that God has allowed us to go through this is to kind of help <laughs> normalize discussion about it. Um, mm -hmm. Before we had our miracles, while we were still in the midst of it, with my husband being a pastor and a preacher, he started preaching about it. You know, mm. he started telling the story. Did wow. I want him to tell the story? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I want people staring at me as he's telling this and people are starting to look at me with pity in their eyes. And I just felt um, judged and seen, and you know, it was, it was not easy for him to be sharing our journey from the front. And I'm over there horrified, like, oh my goodness. But I'm wow. so, so thankful that he did because the prayers that started coming our way, the women that started coming up and saying, I lost eight babies. I lost six babies. Mm -hmm. I lost four babies. I know what you're going through. And I'm like, what? These are people that I go to church with, been going to church with for years, had no clue they had ever experienced a miscarriage. You look around and you see families and you see, and you just don't know that they've gone through the same thing. And so I was so thankful and I am so thankful that we have been chosen as ambassadors to help, mm. you know, the silence around this issue because of, you know, the position that we have and that, you know, he has, we're able to bring a voice to those who are suffering with this issue. And so, yes, when my husband is speaking and he's, you know, brings up divorce and then he says miscarriage, he says infertility because he knows we went through it. And so now I think that there are, you know, God always allows different people to go through different things because a lot of times, let's just be real, we don't know or aren't aware or cognizant until we have faced it or someone in our circle has faced it. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I believe that the church is doing better. I've had so many people here who have come and said, we just had a miscarriage and we treat it just like any other death. You know, we're showing up with dishes. We're, you know, going over, people go wow. visit. I think that we need to normalize that as a church instead of brushing it under and saying, you'll have another baby, it'll be fine. Mm. No, this is loss. This is a real loss. This was a whole life. Mm. And so wow. we treat it that way and we have to minister to that couple and as they allow us in we need to you know treat them just like we would if someone lost their mother or someone lost their you know 16 year old child we need to visit them we need to check in on them we need to pray for them we need to you know hold them up 
just like any other loss. And I think that's been the problem as well, not just mm-hmm. silence, but just, oh, you had a miscarriage. Okay, you, you'll get pregnant again. Don't worry about it. And then just keep on moving. Mm-hmm. Whereas this mm-hmm. real, the same grief journey that you go through when you lose a parent or you lose a spouse, you go through that same, those same steps <laughs> with a miscarriage. And I think that we need to normalize that as well and allow people to experience their grief, allow people to have that time you know, not just, okay, get over it. Like, no, we're, we're walking through the same exact steps. And so we just, you know, need to also normalize them experiencing and receiving the same grief ministry as others. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you know, again, sharing the story and, 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 and making that a part, you know, of, of our, our our appeal and 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 service to the members, especially as pastors. Listen, I I praise God for for Dr. Stewart that she called me up. You know, this is this is the type of member you want. You know, she called me up. She said, Pastor, great message. But here's something you could do. I love that. And uh, and again, to have members like that to to help in the ministry because we got to serve everyone, right? So so let's say I don't know if we're gonna go to the reset right now. Pass away. Well, well, let's let's any- let's let's deal with Pastor Paul's uh, question here um okay we're talking about it within the church per se um and 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 there but is this something that maybe a church that may not be experiencing the same you know the same emotional wealth uh swell uh, among its members could this be a ministry that can be done to the outside of the church. Well, we'll get to exactly what some of the ministries, but is this something that we can look into our community? Are we going to see the same kind of impact that is happening with those that we know within the church? Go ahead, Taz. What I was going to say um, is that you're going to find, okay, what you're going to find is that there are individuals outside of the church um, who don't have that community that's standing in the gap for them. And because of that, they are, if they did have a relationship with God or did know God, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not seeing hope. They're not seeing, um, you know, a future with God because God has forgotten them. And so there is opportunity for us to provide resources and services to individuals outside of our church, whether it's going to the hospital and saying, hey, we have this community at our church that is willing to pray with individuals mm-hmm. that are going through these losses or that are going through the um, these struggles and or tapping into some of those organizations that are outside of our church and, um, you know, being a resource that maybe show up and maybe provide um food or provide um, contact or, you know, prayer services or grief ministries. Um, There is an organization, um, MEND, um, Mommies Enduring Neonatal Death, that I wanted to mention today because I had a colleague who had a stillborn a year ago. And the anniversary of her baby's death was this May. And... I just recently saw her and she told me that this organization sent her a floral arrangement. Wow. Okay. That impact on her, that somebody remembered the loss of her baby Mm. a year later. Never yet. I can't forget the organization now either. Um, because I'm like, that's the type of 
outreach we need to be making to individuals that are experiencing this type of loss. Yeah, listen, I, and I, we're going to move into the ministry and that sort of thing. But I have a, I have a burning question. So again, you know, you all have been in, in your family, you know, your, your husbands as well, been through a, just a, an, an ordeal. God has, you know, blessed you with children now, you know, and we praise God. What do we say, though, to those couples who are not, um, who haven't gotten children after praying and, and, and even sometimes, you know, going through um, different, different treatments and so forth? What do we say to them? Um, how can we, I guess it kind of goes to ministering, but how can we, what do we say? How, how can we be supportive to individuals like that? Um, start for any one of you, uh, Sister Snell or, or Sister Taz, any one of you can start. Yeah, so that's a tough one. And honestly, there are people within the ministry of, of ladies that I work with and couples that I work with that are still waiting. And it's been 10 years, it's been seven years, and they're kind of in that space where they're like, okay, God, what, what are we doing? What's next? Um, my biggest thing is just continuing to walk with them continuing to pray with them, continuing to support them. I don't um, think that it's good to apply pressure or ask too many questions, but at the same time, just walking with them, praying with them, being a support, um, and just walking with them on the, on the journey because there are so many ways that God wants to make our stories beautiful. And God is ultimately the one that's holding the pen. And so as much as we want to from him and write the ending of the story, at the end of the day, we ultimately have to trust the one that's holding the pen and knowing wow. that he's going to make all things beautiful in his time. And so I always, even when I'm praying with couples or working with couples, encouraging them, I always tell them, God is going to write your story and do it in his time, in his way, yeah. in his perfect way. And so mm -hmm. it is hard. It is hard to even let your mind go there and say, what if, you know, but it, but if not, you know what I mean? And that's a hard prayer wow. to pray. That's a walk to the walk. But I think we just have to continue walking with them and continue to, you know, pray that God reveals his will and gives them peace about his will and about what he is doing in their lives and on their journey and give them lots of support because there are statistics that say that couples who face this are more likely to get a divorce or to end mm. up separating. And so my, I my, would my. encourage those couples to stay in you know, therapy or communication, and talking with each other and being intentional to not let mm -hmm. what the enemy meant evil you know let not let that happen like let god write your story and trust him with the results and there are so many options out there now so many right. options out there for, for those who want to have right. children um there's a there's a woman here a couple here who she was like i think 45 46 and the doctors had told her oh. no she went down to birmingham or atlanta found a, a specialist and she has a miracle baby right now that she just had a year ago. Wow. And so even okay. when the doctors say no, 
you know, Come on. Jesus, don't say yes, you know. Mercy, so, okay. <laughs> don't give up because one doctor said no, or because, you know, listen, go to Atlanta, go to DC, try different options because God has the final say. And until God has said no, and you feel that peace in your heart that we're supposed to go a different path, don't take man's no as God's no, you know. Mm -hmm. Explore all options because God is able, he's able. And so I always encourage wow. people to continue to, to search out that path. And then when he is given that peace and said, I'm chosen something different for you, then we'll support you on that as well. Wow. 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 Taz, Dr. Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am seconding and dittoing everything that Jan is saying. Um, you know, it is a difficult um, conversation and it is a difficult place when you know there are individuals who've been, you know, trying for a while. If they've shared that with you and you know that. Um, for us, it was over seven years, you know, mm. and we know of others who it has been even longer. Um, but I, thinking back to my story, I remember we were on our 10th anniversary cruise and I had already come to the place where I was in a different place with God, right? Through individuals who had been praying for me, who had stood in the gap mm -hmm. for me. And I reached a point where I was like, God, if you don't bless me any more than you've blessed me already, I am mm. blessed more than enough. Wow, come on. It's when you can reach that space, when you can reach that space. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes God, you know, sometimes moves that pen in a different direction. Yeah. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, take a look at what he has done in your life and reflect on the beauty that he has brought into your life. And know mm -hmm. that, again, he has not forgotten you but he may have a different story for you. Mm. Okay. Wow. 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 Nadia, Nadia has a question. Uh, yeah, Nadia has mm -hmm. a question here. She says, what are, the, what are ways that couples can set up healthy boundaries that protect their marriage during the wait? What are, mm. what are some of the things you can share with couples? I'm going to start with Dr. Dr. Taz. What are some of the things we can share with couples that they can do while they're waiting? And then we're going to come to you, Gianna. Um, so for us, it was a whole lot of praying. I mean, I don't know. Some people say that sounds cliche. That sounds like just something you do. But there's power in praying together as a couple. I mean, and mm -hmm. for my husband and I, I remember that day when I told him, I felt, I mean, literally, I remember having a conversation with God while I was walking our dog. God, you forgot me. <laughs> like, you mm. forgot me. And I came back in, and he saw that I was, you know, like, a, I guess I looked as evil or whatever. I didn't want to have anything, you know, to do or say. But he was like, hey, babes, let's, let's, let's just, you know, study together right now. And let's you know, read together right now. Let's pray together. And mm -hmm. it's being consistent with doing that while mm -hmm. you're going through the journey and also recognizing when the other partner, right, may be in a different place and filling the gap 
for them as well on, in their spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. That helps to build that boundary mm. of protecting your marriage. So don't don't take mm. prayer lightly in your marriage. Don't take it as something that you need to do alone, especially if you're the woman like, okay, let me pray to God about this, or the husband, let me pray for my wife. No, we're together. Do it together. Do it together. Because that's what we did. And I'll mm. tell you that particular right. day was when literally the exact devotion my husband opened up. The mm. very first section of that devotion mm -hmm. had the words, I have not forgotten you. I mean, <laughs> I still get chills like, God, what? Yes. I just was fussing at you while I was walking the dog. You wanted me to come inside here and have my husband to tell me through this reading that you haven't forgotten me. <laughs> I love so, it. I love it. Stay together, pray together, study together. Yes. Yeah. Let her carry you through. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Gianna? Yeah, so I definitely agree with that. Um, one of the things that helped us was learning how to communicate where we were. So the enemy has come to still kill and destroy. And so when he allows mm -hmm. fertility and miscarriage, He's 100% trying to use that to break you apart, you know? Mm. And so one of the things I began feeling after miscarriage after miscarriage was like a little bit of resentment toward my husband. Like, he looks like he's over there and he's good. I'm over here struggling. I'm crying. I can't get myself together. Like, why is he not feeling what I'm feeling? Why is he not having a bad day? And of course, he's trying to be strong for me and not be over there breaking mm. down. And I'm not <laughs> but we were both trying to be strong for each other, but we weren't telling each other where we were. So I'll never forget oh, okay. um, there was a family member whose baby was being blessed and he had to bless the baby. And we were just both just, I didn't know it. I was having a hard time. I was kind of dreading the event. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm just not. I'm not in a good headspace. So I decided to tell him where I was and how I felt. And I was just like, I just need to vent for a second. Listen, this is tough. You know, we've been trying to have babies. This person just had a baby, you know, wasn't trying, wasn't, you know, it's just, it was hard. And he told me, he said, I'm struggling too. And I was like, really? You are? Wow. And he was like, yeah, I have been for a while. And he's like, I'm, I'm trying to get the strength to do this. And I've just been having a hard time. It's not fair. You know, why is this happening? So we just sat there and we vented for like maybe 30 minutes. And then he said, you know what? We got it all out. Let's take this to Jesus. I mean, that's all we can do. Amen. We're not going to let this yes. make us better. They're not going to make us, you know, we got to take this to God and ask him to help us do this. Mm. And th from that moment on, we finally learned how to manage and walk through this together as a team, as opposed to like me against him. Like, you know, we finally learned how to talk to each other and, and check in because I didn't know he was, but I, was, I didn't know he was struggling. I just thought, you know, we were both trying to just be strong for each other, but I, mm -hmm. I glued together and saying, how are you really, you know, what are you feeling today? and asking him and asking her and checking in with each other and being real, mm -hmm. I think is very important because the wow. enemy is going to try to create a wedge between you. And mm -hmm. one of the right. things my husband and 
I marvel at mm-hmm. is we look back over our weight. It was about a four year journey for us of loss and you know miscarriages. But we look back on it now and we're like, I praise God we didn't have our babies a moment before we had them. You know, God's <laughs> so perfect. And God used that season to bring us together as a couple. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think what parenthood would have looked like if we hadn't been welded together by pain. So use mm. this time to build your marriage, to go to marriage retreats. You know, we went on a lot of trips. Even sometimes we were just right there. We lived in Lexington at the time. Sometimes we would just mm-hmm. go to a hotel once in Lexington and just say, we need to get out of the house. It's too quiet. It's driving us crazy. We went on a trip, you know, as often as we could. We went on drives. We, we got out of the house and just tried to work on us. And I feel like God was also using that season to build us together so that we could work together and be a stronger couple for when we did have children. Because anybody knows when you do have children, that thing puts some weight on that foundation. Like it puts some pressure on things. It's a lot. And so I'm so thankful. We look back on it all the time like, God, your timing was perfect. You know, I hate that we had to go through the losses, but your time was right. So. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. Minnie just put in the chat uh, the question about finances. You know, infertility does require some treatments. Uh, what advice could you give to couples who do not have the money or may not see that they have the money? You know, sometimes we don't see it. It's there. God has provided it because we're looking at all so many other things. What What would you tell couples uh, when it comes to the finances, if they're worried about the finances, uh, when it comes to trying to get treatment? Not, yeah, not this is a very... Yeah, this this is this, this is a this is a, that that's a difficult one. Um, and I think society as a whole uh, right now needs to be addressing this because, you know, fertility treatment is expensive, and it shouldn't be because I see this as, you know, just like you 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 get insurance for so many other things, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things first, most insurances do not cover fertility treatment. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should, because again, it's yeah. not a health condition that many individuals are responsible for. You know why have that condition? And so, I mean, that's another area that I think you know that advocates need to be towards, and I'm going to be speaking to it in some ways as well, because I think there are, um, there is opportunity there really for us to be looking at our healthcare system and our services that we provide for something that is as basic as just having a family. I mean, that's what we all feel the need to be a part of, a family, having our own family. And that's just basic. So providing treatment services that individual or insurance or services that individuals can access to, to be able to do that, I think should be a basic need, a basic something, something that should be provided. Um, so for the couple that's trying to figure that out, um, they really need to look at their resources. Um, you know, I personally, I mean, for me personally, I advocate, you know, don't put yourself, overextend yourself financially beyond what you can, you know, afford. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to always think of when you're, you know, looking at this. Um, 
for us, we had a miracle situation, you know, when we were exploring fertility treatment. And again, I think that just goes to prayer and how God orchestrated things for us. Um, you know, we didn't have to take it alone. You know, we didn't have mm. to borrow funds. And, you know, as uh, Pastor Wade was saying, our God can do some miraculous things. <laughs> and I've, I've, I'm a testimony to it, you know, and I, and I speak to that in my book of how he did that. I mean, it, he mm. still blows my mind how he shows up and how he works things out. So while you're looking at your finances, know that the God we serve, he doesn't have any limit to what he can do for you. Right, right. Mm. Okay, okay. Gianna, well, listen. Any, um, any, well, but before we, I, I okay. just want to see if Gianna has any any suggestions for that couple who's concerned about finances? I think this is a huge opportunity for our churches who are wanting to find ways to support is to develop a fund, you know, to, to put put that line on the on the on the envelope to say, mm. you know, fertility treatment support, you know, mm -hmm. because that is truly, like she said, it's, it's very expensive, especially for those who are doing IVF. It can run 10 to 15,000, you know, depending on where you are per, per round. Mm. And sometimes those rounds aren't even successful. So you put all that money down and the pregnancy is not successful. And so it can be right. very draining on a couple's resources. So this mm. is definitely an opportunity or a church who's like, how can we support? How can we help? Start a fund for those who are going through this journey because it is expensive. But I do just want to say, God is a miracle working God. And I don't think it's, it's going to happen without God working a miracle. And I believe he's mm. answering prayers and doing things that we could not see. There's a woman in our um, ministry here who has been praying about funds for their uh, fertility treatments. Um, the first time their family rallied together and put together the funds, unfortunately, the round wasn't successful. So they were back at it again, like, Lord, what are we gonna do? So they began praying, like Taz said, they began praying and asking God what to do next. There was a woman on Instagram who found out about their story and inboxed her and said, I will pay for your fertility treatments, not just one round, but until you have your baby, the bill's on me. Wow. We're, we're going to take care Ooh. of it. And when I was over there shouting, like she could not believe it. She was crying. She was just like overjoyed. That couple is now, you know, utilizing that miracle fund. So I'm saying God is able so don't let that limit you. Mm. Put that, put your request on the altar, and ask God yeah. for what you need. <laughs> ask wow. God for what you need. Mm. He's able. Wow. He's wow. Able. <laughs> he is able. My goodness, that's that's a powerful thing, you know. Um, Pastor, Pastor Wade, I know we only have a few minutes left, but I want to know a little bit more about their ministries. I mean, both mm -hmm. of you have uh, ministries that are effective, impactful. Um, how has your organization ministry been serving people affected by this? We'll start off with uh, you know, Taz. So um, for me, I've been, um, and it, I mean, really, it's organic how it's happened, but been providing one-on-one -on -one, um, support to couples and women who have been challenged with this. And um, 
it really is organic how it's happened. And um, I found really um, fulfillment in doing that and serving in that capacity. And most recently, I have authored a book um, called The Secrets of Infertility, An Untold Journey of Faith, Fertility, and Favor. I think you have it up on the screen there. And this is a project that I actually started, believe it or not, five years ago. I started writing my book five years ago. And I was playing, I was, I think I was playing around with it and I knew God and, and I think I still was struggling with the shame. I was still struggling with the embarrassment of what people would think when they know my story. And last year I had a colleague who had a stillborn and it happened right around Mother's Day. And then mm. shortly thereafterwards, I also had a family member had a loss and it was as if it was telling me you can't let another woman or individual mm. go through this type of struggle without providing hope mm. and so i put the pedal to the metal and i got to finish my writing and getting the editor and putting the funds together that needed to make it happen and so um next month my book will be available um on all platforms and it is available right now to pre-order pre-order once it comes for shipment next month through my website, drtaz.com, which is spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-T-A-Z-Z. So yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's how I'm here to share and minister and help others. Or as Gianna said it, I mean, for us to be the ambassadors that God saw fit to use us to help others in this way, um, it's definitely what we're here for. Wow. Wow. Excited about that in the book. So Sister Snell, um, I think we hinted on your ministry earlier today in the introduction. Tell us a little bit about your ministry and how impactful that has been uh, to people who are going through this journey. Yeah. So I think after going through our four losses, having our, our miracle babies, I was looking for a way to connect my pain with my purpose, you know, and so one day mm. I was, you know, in the house and I heard the Lord say, you need to hold a brunch for women on Mother's Day who are not mothers. But I remember Mother's Day being very hard for me because, you know, I, I had a baby, but I didn't have that baby anymore. And so I just didn't know, like, I felt like I was a mother. I was longing for my child, mm. but I felt especially on Mother's Day. And so I, you know, the Lord said, host this brunch. And I'm like, I don't know who's dealing with this. Like we all have mentioned during this conversation, it's a silent issue. People don't go on Facebook yeah. and announce they had a loss. So, but the Lord said, just put it out there. I'll send the people. So we had our first brunch in 2015. Uh, we had about 10 ladies that came. And after the brunch, we, we prayed over them. We all shared and cried and talked about our journeys. And then we all said, we need to keep up with each other after this. Let's form a little group chat. So we formed that group chat, you know, in 2015, and now there are 100 women in that, in that group who wow. are from all over the country who are a part of wow. this ministry. So we, we pray together on Zoom every Wednesday. We get on and just let women share about what, what appointments they have going on or what, how, how they're feeling. We mm -hmm. share testimonies and prayers. 
We do an annual brunch, which we're having this coming Monday. Um, we didn't do it on Mother's mm. Day this year. Wanted to do something for them. So it's called Pancakes and Prayer. We're going to um, just have some time to just fellowship, pray together. And then we also just, my husband and I are also make ourselves available to couples who need to talk, who need, you know, the husband wants to be able to share as well. And I think that's important also. And so we're just trying to make sure that we're walking with women through this journey as they are, because it doesn't just end the day you find out you're pregnant, like, okay, we're pregnant now, as Taz um, mentioned, sometimes there are complications within that pregnancy and there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety that these women are walking through until they are holding that baby they need support. <laughs> and even after, we'll talk about that another day. There's just, uh, we're just here to encourage, support, and pray for those who are waiting for God to bless them with children. And my husband says it all the time, our faith often dies in the waiting room. And so that's mm. where mine, that's where the enemy tried to snatch mine. So the focus of this ministry is to help those who are waiting to not let the enemy snatch their faith, but to keep them spiritually encouraged. That is a huge, huge part of what we do at They That Wait is making sure that they're prayed up and not walking out on their faith, but holding on to God's hand as they're waiting on God. Wow. I love it. I love it. This, this is powerful stuff. That's uh, let's, let's see if we oh, can, 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 can... Can I mention one more thing? Sorry. Sure. We also... Yes send care packages to um, women and couples who have we've heard that they've had a loss. So this is goes back to the question of, you know, affecting or impacting people outside of the church. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm -hmm. If someone us, you know, I've had people come and tell me my neighbor's daughter had, you know, lost their baby. Can you, and we will send them an edible arrangement. We'll send them a care package. We've partnered up with love is my religion, which is run by Kimberly Griffin. Um, she does an amazing job with care packages. And so she uh, mm -hmm. sends out those packages. We have a little note from our ministry. And so if there are anybody who knows someone who had a loss, we want to reach out to them. Even if they don't join our group, we just want to send them some love, and some care and let them know we're praying for them. Nice. Nice. That's good. Nice. Wow. Uh, Pastor Wayne, if I, had... just share, I was going no, to share ahead. one other quick thing um, for those also that are looking for ways that they can minister to others. Um, so a part of my journey also involved me spending um, over 11 weeks in hospital. When Gianna mentioned complications, I, I it, it, it reminded me of that part of my journey. And, you know, making a call to the hospital and actually speaking and encouraging somebody that's in there mm -hmm. goes a long way. I had a call that came in actually to my room one time by mistake. <laughs> it was, they got the wrong room or whatever. And it was such a blessing. Mm. It was such a blessing, the conversation. So it's little things like that, that can make a difference that you can okay. actually do. Somebody saying like, what can I do right now? Mm -hmm. Find your local hospital, find where the women's ministry, um, women's, you know, um, is access. There's some, you know, maybe even pass, um, you know, encouragement, encouraging notes to let them know that you're praying for them. 
you know, because let me wow. tell you, staying in the hospital as long as I did, um, that was a journey. Mm. That was a journey. And it helps mm. to have, um, you know, not allowed as they used to be before, but you can still reach out to them in other ways. You know, ladies, one of the things you have shown, what I've heard over the show today um, is that we need to care, we need to develop a community in which we can yes. feel safe in. I heard that very loudly um, and, and reaching out and other things. But I, I want to I be honest. Um, I heard a lot about the journey that the, your faith journey that happens in the waiting or in, in, in the situation. And it, sometimes it can be depressing when you're actually going through it. And, you know, you, you all are encouraging, encouraging those who are listening to, uh, to stick with it. But is there something tangible that we can be doing or they can be doing in the wait? I, we may have touched on it, but I just want to bring it up again as a way of as we close out. What are some tangible things we can do in the wait? that mm -hmm. it's a little more than the spiritual because yeah we're praying yeah we're we're, we're singing the songs we're, we're having the group but is there some other tangible things we can be doing yeah we may go to the doctor but what are some of the other tangible things we can do in the mm -hmm. week yeah so i think it's very important to be gracious with yourself when you're in a wait when you're in a journey like this mm -hmm. um okay well, you got to be intentional about your self-care and making sure that you're going for walks, that you are finding your outlet, whatever that is, whether it's journaling, mm -hmm. whether it's whether it's art, whether it's, you know, whatever your hobby is, like finding some tangible things to do to fill that time. Because the enemy's voice tries to get really loud when you're waiting and you're seeing everybody else going wow. back <laughs> their blessing. And so it, it is important, like you said, in addition to prayer, to be very gracious with yourself. If you are in a space where every time you pass through um, Facebook and you're scrolling and th that thing is triggering and it's sending you to a bad space, take mm -hmm. a break from social media. You know, give mm -hmm. yourself that space to say, you know what, I need to give myself a little more cushion right now because every time I see a birth announcement or a, you know, engagement announcement or whatever, it's sending me to a bad place. So do what you need to do for your self-care. Um, get in a support group, get in a support group. And Taz mentioned this earlier, you know, get in a praying community um, of mm -hmm. people who know pray, who know what you're going through. You may not want to announce it to everyone, but share it with a few of your praying prayer warrior friends who can encourage you, who can walk with you through it. Um, I, I'm a proponent of getting out of where you are. Like for me, I need to get out. I need to get out of the house. <laughs> so if you can travel, if you can make some bucket lists while you're waiting, take advantage of the wait and check off some things off your bucket list and do some traveling, do some adventures, you know, go care for people. And another thing that helps is just reaching out to others who are in the same boat. A lot of times the enemy will mm -hmm. get us in this space where we're like, what was me? You know, uh, and I was there. I was there. But one of the things God did was he told me to start praying for other people. And I remember I was so down and depressed. And I was just like, oh, 
But one day God was like, you need to go on Facebook and ask, does anybody need prayer? And I'm like, I need prayer. He's like, no, pray for other people. And when I saw the requests that were coming in, it all of a sudden minimized what I was Mm -hmm. going through. I began Mm. to be invested in what was going on. So every week I would go online and say, type your prayer request. I'm praying for you right now. And I'm still in touch with some of those people who are still giving me praise reports. Like, thank you for praying for me. I got married. Thank you for praying for me. My baby got healed. So I think sometimes we have to turn our pain outward and say, let me go minister to someone else who's walking in this journey. Let me go focus on some service to others because the enemy is going to try to tempt us to get in that space where it's like, it's only me and woe is me. Mm -hmm. But when we turn it outward, it helps bring us a joy that only God can bring. So, okay. Okay. Mm, Dr. Taz, anything you can add? Yeah. You know, um, like Gianna said, only joy, the joy that comes from God can fill that, that space, right? Mm -hmm. His joy Mm -hmm. really, um, there's nothing that we can necessarily do, you know, in terms of actions that replace the joy that God can give to us. And it's coming to that space with him. Um, that you're really filled when you're going through that weight, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So finding yourself among the believers, um, doing some of the things that Gia mentioned. I mean, my husband and I, we did do the traveling. (laughs) We actually, we got, I remember we were like, okay, we're not going to talk about babies. We're not going to try any treat. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to go and live our life and enjoy life. And it was during that time when I said, when I looked at our opportunity to even be able to travel, Right. I mean, we went and we did. The, I mean, we did the thing for our 10th anniversary. We just went to Europe. We did. I mean, we just did it. Um, and I said, God, you blessed me so much that I realized if you don't bless me anymore, I'm blessed more than enough. And so actually reaching my, the my, place my. of gratitude. I mean, I, I, I actually use the hashtag grateful all the time. I know it may seem cliche, but I am just so grateful for all that he's done in my life, all that he's continuing to do, how he's used experiences that I've gone through. Gratitude helps replace some of those things and feelings while you're in the wait, mm-hmm. while you're in the, you know, the journey. That gratitude of looking at what else has he done or is doing in your life mm-hmm. can help you awesome. through that mm-hmm. time. I, I hope, it. Lenora, I that, that answers your question. Um, I, I think we asked it in a different way. Um, and as we prepare to um, to to end our show today, um, well, Love 21 mm-hmm. or Love 212 Pizza, Love New York Pizza, uh, is asking for the name of the ministry. I'm assuming the ministry that you have there, um, Gianna, um, the name of the ministry and how she can connect with that ministry. Yeah. So the name of it is They That Wait Ministries. Uh, we're on Instagram as They That Wait. We're on Facebook as They That Wait. And if you inbox us, we will connect you into the the GroupMe app where the, the majority of our interaction happens is in a more private space. Um, but if you would inbox uh, either of those uh, platforms, we will see your message. We'll get in contact with you and add you into the actual support group. Mm, mm, wonderful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Wonderful. Excellent, excellent. 
Well, yeah. ladies, what can we say? <laughs> Listen, we pass away. Uh, what a conversation today with, again, two phenomenal ladies talking about a subject that we're often silent, that, that's often not even talked about in churches. We're often silent when it comes to this issue. So I want to thank these uh, wonderful ladies for just sharing with us their story, sharing with us resources. And what I gained from it, as you mentioned earlier, Pastor Wade, is we got to talk with each other. We got to support each other, right? Yeah. We got to share our stories because that's how we can make it through even difficult times like this. Being in the waiting room. <laughs> I yes. It. I love it. Hey. The waiting room, <laughs> the waiting room baby. The waiting room. My I love goodness. it. <laughs> My mind yes. goes back to that member uh, that was having difficulties um, when Lorraine and I were, were um, experiencing our uh, our pregnancy, <laughs> um, and they were they were not. And um, I wish I had known some of this stuff <laughs> so that I could be a better pastor to them. But I pray and hope that if you heard something this week or heard something today, yes. uh, that you will begin to make a difference where you are in your church, in your community. Uh, you can connect with these women. We're going to put their uh, their their yes. their contacts in our show notes. Mm -hmm. um, you want to, uh, they that wait ministry, they are having a brunch tomorrow. If you're in the Huntsville area, I understand that you could even, uh, they are even soliciting donations uh, to help others. And so uh, Gianna, is there a way that they mm -hmm. can connect with your ministry to donate? How can they do that? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I don't know if that registration link is readily available, but if you contact me on They That Wait Ministries platform, I will make sure that we get that donation um, processed. Uh, we've had some people give that helps us send out those care packages to those who we hear have had a loss or are going through a rough patch with their infertility. So any of those mm -hmm. ways you can out to me on Facebook, Instagram, and I will make sure that we get your donation. And as you were speaking, Pastor Wade, about that member, I just just triggered something that's commonly asked, which is, what do I say? Like, I see someone who just had a miscarriage, or I heard, and they shared it with me, but I don't know what to say. So mm -hmm. I just don't say anything, you know. And I just want to encourage anyone who is in a space where someone around you is sharing about their journey or sharing about their loss. The ministry of presence is everything. So mm. I don't remember hardly anything anyone said to me with my losses, but I just remember that people were there. I remember the, the two yes. ladies that showed up and they brought chocolate chip cookies. They didn't say anything. They didn't ask me anything. They showed up with chocolate chip mm. cookies. They saw that my stairs needed to be vacuumed. They vacuumed. And they just cleaned up a little bit and then they left. And I'm like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I just remember that people were there. There's nothing you can say that's going to fix it, that's going to make it better. So don't put pressure on, I don't know what to say. Just focus on being there. Your presence mm -hmm. is everything. So just mm -hmm. showing up and saying, can I just run to the store? I'll drop it off on your porch. Or just showing up and just letting that person cry and talk is, is everything. So... Don't don't show up with a word. Just show up ready to listen, and and that's right. everything for anyone going through it. Awesome. Oh, there's the awesome. registration yeah. link. Yeah, yeah, we put the registration link in the chat. So if you're interested in being a part mm -hmm. of the of the program on tomorrow in the Huntsville area, you can share with that. It's on Monday. Uh, 
Sorry. It's on Monday. 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 Yeah. Mon Monday. On Monday. Let's, oh, not, okay. let's not rush it. Let's not rush it. I'm ready to do the ministry today. <laughs> Dr. Stewart, you, your book is going to be available um, um, at your website. Is it going to be on, on Amazon or any other place? Or is it just at your website to, to get your book? Yes, yes. Late next month, it will also be on Amazon and also in several bookstores in Bahamas. For those of you who are watching from there, there is awesome. one bookstore I know that is already, um, you know, contacted me regarding having my book on the shelves there. And so hopefully, you know, I'll be in touch with ABC here locally. Maybe you will see it in an ABC near you too very soon. So um, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we, thank you so much. well, again, thank you so much uh, to our viewers. If you enjoyed today, just let uh, Sister Snell and Dr. Stewart know that in the chat. Just say, hey, we thank thank them for their sharing, their courage for sharing their story. Um, and, and, and please pray for them as they continue to make an impact to those who are in need of this kind of ministry. Mm -hmm.